Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Bird along with speaker, Christian life coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Good day, friends. My name is Mark Bird. Once again, I am back with another episode of Journey Living where Shannon Meyer and I are together and we will be discussing a really interesting topic today. Shannon and I pray that this is catchy in getting the people to tune in, but I'm also uh, praying that the Holy Spirit works through what's being said today. And as you guys have heard us say many times, our heart's desire for this is to be an encouragement to you. But Sometimes in an encouragement, you know, I'm reminded, Shannon, of the word chastening. You know, that's correction. And the Bible says that God chastens those who he loves. And nobody likes chastening, Shannon. (laughs) I don't like it. Right. But I'm reminded when I am chastened of the Lord that it's the Lord trying to work out some things in me. And today we're going to be talking about cupcake Christianity, Shannon. And can you explain a little bit about what that is? Well, that is going to be a fun topic for us to talk about today. And I think in a day and age where it has been convenient to go to church, especially after COVID, we were able to sit at home, watch online. And I feel like the church became this, I could keep it, I could leave it, it's here today, maybe mm, got a ball game, well, there's a party, oh, we're, we're supposed to be at my family. And, and not to say that we have to be in church every Sunday, 52 weeks, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I feel like this convenience has risen up in the church mm. and a softening in what you're talking about, the chastening. There's churches that shy away from teaching about hell and sin and repentance because they know they're going to lose people from coming and they're more worried about the numbers than they are the people and speaking the word of God. I just see this cupcake Christianity in the sense of as long as it's fluffy and it looks good, sounds good and tastes good, I want it. But what about when God does chasten us? I know I have a saying that I'm a friend to someone who I love them too much to leave them this way. Did it with my, my children too. When, when you truly love someone and you see them faltering or they're struggling, sometimes and do it in right context. You know, I think you can say anything to anybody is how you say it. Yeah. But got to talk to people who are losing sight of what the Lord may have had for them. It's, it's good for us to say, hold on, you're not doing this well. I just had a conversation recently with somebody that's not been in the scripture. And I'm like, you've not been in the scripture, have you? And they're like, nope, I haven't opened my Bible for two months. And I'm like, wow. and why are things going awry? How is that working out for you? And they admitted, they said, it's not. Um, in ministry and leadership. And I'm like, yeah, you, you can't do that. I mean, right. you, you can't just slide on by. You can't take the verse off of Facebook and that be your reading, you know, today. And, oh, I saw the, the Bible verse of the day or on your Bible app and go, yep, that was my reading. No way. The cupcake Christianity is just that, what it is. And I don't believe any part of the cross, the Christ, what he did on the cross, there was no fluff. There was, there's no sweetness in it. There was nothing but hardship and angst, pain and suffering. 
And Jesus died for us to become followers of Christ. And I think in America, we so quickly just say, yeah, I'm a Christian. We throw out, oh, prayers, I'm praying. You know, you'll see that on Facebook a lot. I wouldn't even say that anymore if I'm not going to pray for somebody. I'll say I'm thinking of you. Um, but there's there's a part of me like I just don't want to continue in the fluffiness of what I think we have allowed the churches to become or what the churches have been. I think we, when we pull away from the real true meaning of God's word and not making it convenient for ourselves, then we see this falling away. And I think that's what we're seeing today, Mark. I do too, honestly. And again, I'm the type of person, uh, Shannon, I don't like to just preach a sermon. Like I expect myself to live up to the sermons I preach as well. Right. And most of the time I'm preaching to myself to be real honest, and I'm just sharing it with people. But I'm drawn today, Shannon, in this particular topic, I'm drawn to writing of Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy. And I'm going to look at a couple of different things today. But first of all, uh, I, I want to start in chapter 3. And Paul writes, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Times of stress. Shannon, you and I have been talking about this for weeks Right. Literally, the stressful time that we're in. And so I'm not a predictor of when the end will come. I'm not going down that road. But here's what it says. For men will be lovers of themselves. Yeah. So this is what you listen to this list. And, right, and just think about our culture right now. What we see on the news. What we see on the internet. Men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers disobedient to parents. Can I have an amen from Shannon? Amen. Unthankful, <laughs> unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And yes, I hear it already, Shannon, somebody saying, oh yeah, well, you could have said that about a hundred years ago, about a thousand <laughs> years ago. But here's what it boils down to. This is verse five. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And here's the hard one. This is an exhortation from the Apostle Paul to Timothy, the young pastor. And from such people, turn away. Mm. He's saying, wow, you know, this is going to happen and you're going to see all this happening and perilous times, times of stress are going to come and produce more and more of this. And yes, Shannon, we've been talking about it. It is here. It is among us. And he's saying, man, don't do that. And what I think I heard you say when you mentioned the title to me, Shannon, Cupcake Christianity, I said, that's this verse right here, yeah. having a form of godliness. Like you said, we go to church, we check the box, but we really deny the power. It's uh, in 2 Timothy 3, I was just looking at another version, the message paraphrase. I love at the ending what it says, they'll make a show of religion. Oh, wow. But behind the scenes, their animals stay clear of these people. And it went on to talk about all those things being self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane. They make a show of religion. And what I see in today's era of churches are, it's more about the smoke screen, the huge platforms. We're making stars out of pastors wow. and worship leaders. And I'm not to say there are a lot of great mega churches. I love some of the, the mega churches that are popular right now. I listen to many, many pastors and I take the good and 
from all of them, um, songs or word. But what I'm seeing is it's more of a show. It's the big show. What kind of show can we put on? And I think we have to be careful because that is not what Christ intended for us to be as Christians. I know for my own women's conference, and it's a fun time. Um, I am always cautious of that, even building my own events of what will this look like? Is this a platform? I'm always keeping myself in check. Is this about me or is this about Christ? And this is God has, like you talked about, Chasen, he's, he's questioned, who's this about? Is this about me or you, Shannon? Right. And I really, really always want to focus and continue to focus. This is of him. This is for him. This is to glorify him. He has told me many times in many situations, I will get the glory regardless of what you decide to do with it, but I'm going to get the glory. And so with that, I think in a day and age where anybody can be a social media pop star in seconds, we've seen yeah. this across wow. YouTube, um, TikTok is ridiculous, crazy now. And, you know, young kids having millions of followers. The whole premise is, is how many people will follow you? How many people will watch you? How many likes you get? How many loves you get? Are we making ourselves into a God even in the church? What would Jesus say if he was here about this show of religion? Is this what we're trying to make it a comfortable place? Are we trying to have theater seats and make you as comfortable as you can be in a service so you'll come back next week for the show? Because that's what a performers do. That's they, right. They make it comfortable. This lighting is right. The seating's right. The, the snacks are right. And when you start preaching God's word and people get offended and you'll watch them leave in droves. I know I've heard people say, get on your steel-toed boots because they might get smashed today. And, right, now, yeah. and I'm not saying the church be the kind of church that is so critical and condemning. I'm condemning, not, I'm not right. I don't want that. I'm not saying that. I think there has to be a balance for sure of encouragement and um, calling things as though they are. Yep. But we also need to be careful that we don't just sugarcoat this. I know for myself, I do sugar-free teaching is what no, I call there it. there you go. It's sugar-free teaching. And a lot of times I'll say, this is going to be a T-bone going down sideways, this is the, meaning this is going to hurt. But I preface it by saying, but I love you too much to leave you this way. And I love you too much to not let you know what is ahead for you. So good, Shannon. You know, and uh, again, the way the Holy Spirit goes here uh, every week when we do this, but I want to flip over one chapter to 2 Timothy 4, because I think, Paul goes on. And again, you know, Paul didn't sit down and say, I'm going to write this chapter and this chapter. You know what I mean? Right. He just wrote a letter. And so I think this is so timely. And I want to start in 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. And this is exactly what you're talking about. When you talk about doing things in balance, Shannon, I think that's the way that God wants us to be. He wants us to have balanced lives. He wants right. us to be real with one another and talk about real things that are influencing our lives, but in the same token, be balanced with the truth of the word. So here's what he's saying to Timothy, preach the word, be ready. One translation says, be instant. Mm. In yeah. season and out of seasons to do what? Here we go, Shannon. Convince, mm -hmm. rebuke. Who wants that? Exhort, right? That means lift up with all long suffering and teaching, right? So with patience mm -hmm. and with teaching, we should convince one another that God's truth is real. We should rebuke one another. Why? 
just like we correct our children because we love them and exhort and build up. That's that balance thing, Shannon. Now, here's what I wanted to get to. Verse three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Mm -hmm. Here we are. You noticed in chapter three, he was talking about the end times, right? right? And the times will come. Here he goes again for the time will come. And I insert and now is when they will not endure sound doctrine. It's what you were talking about, Shannon. They'll get up and leave. Yeah. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, Mm -hmm. they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And then he says, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Boy, we've been talking about that a lot too, Shannon. But here's the bottom line. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. And I would say right away, people are going to go, well, hey, I'm not an evangelist. Mm -hmm. Really? We all are. We all are. Jesus said, go and share the gospel, make disciples. That's for all of us, Shannon. But he said, fulfill your ministry. And we've talked about this before, Shannon, but every one of us who have been reconciled to God Mm -hmm. has a ministry of reconciliation. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, we are ambassadors. That's our ministry, every single one of us. But Shannon, I think being real, admitting this and having that balance is what we're really trying to say here today. Sure. And I think we need to go back to the statement I often use in my ministry is you may be the only Jesus that someone will ever see. Wow. And you've often said, Mark, or the only Bible that someone will ever read. Um, I'm still there in, in 2 Timothy 4, a message Bible continuing where it says, you're going to find that there will be times when people have no stomach for solid teaching. Wow. Here it is. Listen to this, you guys. It says, but will fill up on spiritual junk food. Wow. Catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. Mm. I think, isn't that good? Like, so is it why the smoke screen? Well, why do they do smoke? It is to give a sense of a different image. Um, why do we filter now on Instagram and Facebook? It's a mirage. It's not oh, real. It is don't, I don't want you to see the true me. I'm going to present myself as something greater. And God is saying right here in, in multiple versions, I'm looking them up on my, my phone. They're not going to want to hear it. They're not going to want to stomach it. And so title of cupcake Christianity, meaning just give me the good stuff. I just want the stuff that, you know, tastes good and makes me feel good when it's going in. Now, you and I both know if all we live on is cupcakes. We're going to be sicker than a dog. Ooh, in that's a few, true. You know, in a, few, in a few hours, if all we live on is spiritual junk food. I have binged where I've done Oreos and Doritos and pizza and, you know, wings. I've just had those weekends or, you know, you're on vacation. I'm telling you what, it doesn't take long for me, Mark. And I am like, peace out, Girl Scout. I cannot (laughs) keep this pace up because it's all junk food. And so what I think is happening, what we're seeing in churches or, or the society of the churches, well, if I don't like what you have for me, and I just want to be fed on spiritual junk food, which we know does not sustain us. Right. 
So what happens physically when we live on junk food? We get sick. We get tired. We get in a vicious cycle. Then you you have a headache. You're sick to your stomach. Now you're missing work. Now depression sits in. Now you're not exercising. Now you're not drinking water. It's a vicious cycle, like a cyclone going downhill. It's the same thing with us spiritually. If we do not feast on the word of God, the true feeling, feasting on God's word, we will become so spiritually sick, just like if we were to eat that kind of Christianity cupcake. Shannon, so beautifully well said. And, you know, for those of you that are tempted to turn this off, because this is stepping on your toes a little bit, remember that Shannon and I are trying to bring a balance to this, right? We are encouraging you. We are correcting those of you that also, I'll say it this way, Shannon, that have also gotten caught up into this kind of thinking because we're not above reproach, Shannon. That's right. At all. And the only reason we can talk about this is because we've lived through it (laughs) and we are still holding on to the fact that we are more than conquerors we talked about last time. We're well experienced. (laughs) We are. So let me read for you out of James chapter one. And, you know, this is interesting. And I was in a men's group uh, Bible study for a couple of years. And we spent a lot of time in the book of James. And I remember some of the men in my group, they looked at me one day and they said, is there any way that we could like cover something that's not in James? Because they said, <laughs> they said, we've all ripped that Bible out or that page out of our that, that, that book is tough. I don't care how, how spiritual you are. That is a tough book. <laughs> it is. But you know, there's some really powerful truths to it, Shannon. And uh, this is one of them that is one of my biggest takeaways out of James chapter one, starting in verse 22. I'm going to read this out of the NLT today, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, here we go. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Mm. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. So, Shannon, if if you look in the mirror in the morning and you have a big old zit in the middle of your forehead, <laughs> right, and you just walk away, guess what? You're going to go out in public and you have a big zit in your forehead, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's kind of a, a strange little well, analogy. But you think about that, Shannon. Yeah. If you don't do anything about it, and, and really, you got to swallow your pride in all this, Shannon, yeah. because, you know, it's the only thing. Pride is the only thing that God says that he resists. Mm-hmm. That's a scary verse. It is. It is because we're all full of pride. And I think even strong Christians, if you go back to 2 Timothy, we are just in a day and age where life is all about me. And we see that with iPhone, iPad, iWatch. Everything is I-ness. It's about me, 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 me. And I, I get in that. Like even my postings, even through ministry, like, what do I want to do? We talk about what do we want to say here at our podcast here at Journey Living? What do we want instead of, Lord, what do you want? A lot of times my prayer will be, what do the people need to hear? And when we are so hyper-focused on ourselves, and I say this a lot, when life's all about you and there's not room for anybody else, there will be no one else, meaning you have presented yourself as a God and put yourself on a pedestal. I'm currently counseling someone who, very type A, uh, everything they do is perfect. And I asked a very direct question, and it was a tough one. Uh, they're narcissists. I mean, I'm dealing with one that's like, 
stare in the face like this is a full-blown narcissist life is all about this person and they said well i'm just my parents have always put me on a pedestal and i said how is that working out for you and this is what they said they said it's exhausting and i wow. said let's think about a true pedestal so let's think about a pedestal you've seen it in a church you've seen it at your house you put a plant on it a pedestal top is a very very small space is it not yes very, it's a very small, small space that would become an exhaustive lifestyle if you must maintain on top of that pedestal and i was sharing with this person just the freedom to come off and they're like well everybody expects me to be perfect i said mm, do they expect you to be perfect or do you Ooh. expect to be perfect because no one is asking you to be perfect except you expecting you to be perfect and so when we make life all about ourselves, we don't want to hear what god has to say you're right people get offended all the time one of the greatest books i've ever read is by john brevere the bait of satan and it's all about offenses if mm. you're easily offended i highly suggest you go get it or if you're not just go read it and you see a world that is so everybody's offended everybody's offended by your race your sexual content your church what your belief is. Are you right? Are you left? You know, I don't care. <laughs> I think we're, right. what does God's word say? We, we were talking about this earlier off air. What does God have for us? It's not even what somebody else says we should be because there's so many opinions binging us from every side. What does God say? And when you live your life out for, to live a true life for him, all the rest of the stuff from society is not going to fill you up and you're going to go hungry looking for more. And when life is all about you, it does become an exhaustive state of living. And I just want to encourage somebody that either struggles in that or you just have lived this entitled life or you feel like everything should work out for your good. Like we talked last week about, you know, Romans 8, 28 and God is for our good. He is, but it does not mean that everything has to be perfectly packaged with icing and sprinkles and it must taste good, be good, or I'm going to sit down and throw a fit like a two-year-old <laughs> right. that doesn't get the cupcake. Yeah. So I, I just want to encourage you today to think about it's a tough topic, I know, but I think Mark and I's heart is to encourage those of us who want to do better, who want to live their best life for Christ. Don't settle for what is less. Don't settle for what the world offers. And that's even in the church, because the church is in a downward spiral right now. Doors are closing at a rapid rate. And yes, that has to do with COVID. But I also believe if the infrastructure is there and it's solid, it's like after a storm, if the foundation's solid, more likely it's going to it's going to withstand that storm. But when it's weak, when you've not built it on something solid, it's internally just going to crumble. And that's what we're seeing because we're compromising in churches. We're compromising in faith. We've got churches taking the blood out of the hymnal and some are like, okay, yeah, homosexuality is okay. And now we're putting that in the pulpit. It's just like, God must be thinking, what, what are you all doing? This is not a Christ follower. This is not what I intended Christianity to look like. My Bible and your Bible, Mark, and everybody who's listening, this Bible says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. And there is nothing sweet and secure about, or 
tantalizing, I should say. Right. It, it's security in us that that cross is what holds us to our hope in Christ. But whatever the world has to offer, and if you read what we've just talked about here in Second Timothy and in James, you are going to eventually get sick on the junk food of this world. Yeah, Shannon, maybe a closing thought here while we're Diving into Paul's letters to Timothy, uh, I'm taken to 2 Timothy 3 real quick. And this is what our heart is, Shannon. We, we're trying to talk about that a little bit more today. But uh, 2 Timothy 3.15, and from your childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which mm-hmm. is in Christ Jesus. And here it is, Shannon. Verse 16 is what I want to focus on. All Scripture... All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man, I'll say, and woman Mm -hmm. of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, Shannon. That's what you and I are trying to accomplish here. Amen, amen. I think that is a great place to stop today, Mark. Well, we hope this has challenged your heart. We hope we haven't stepped on too many toes, but we also want to do our job well and bring glory to God. And so by offering something that is solid in truth out of the word of God, we don't want to be cupcake Christianity ministry. We want to love you. We want to encourage you, but we also want to hold you to the truth of God's word. And I think when we do that, that's the best place we can live and we can live whole and healthy. So go encouraged today by this, play this back. And there's some good verses in here. I think Mark really challenged us well. Those of you mature in Christ will find that challenge to be a good one to just rise above and live the life that God has called you to. Join us back here next week on Journey Living and we'll see you then. 